Welcome to all of you. Uh, it's good, good to be with you. Um, and I don't say that flippantly. It is, it is good uh, in, um, in the eyes of the Lord that his people gather together. Um, and so thanks for your faithfulness and in, in uh, being here with us today. Um, today, this marks our, our fourth installment in our summer sermon series in Psalm 23. Um, and if you've, you've been with us the last three Sundays at all, you know that we're walking slowly phrase by phrase uh, through the 23rd Psalm. I started wondering this past week, you know, I, I hope nobody's got Psalm 23 fatigue yet. Um, we, but, I mean, I've just really been enjoying uh, this series. I've been so encouraged by it, and I hope that, that you have too. Um, we've been seeing how the Lord faithfully and gently guides us as a good and wise shepherd to want for nothing because he's all that we actually need. Um, he's, he's teaching us to find rest in him because his grace is sufficient for us. He's teaching us to walk with him as he leads us on right paths. And so my hope today is that you are encouraged and refreshed again, knowing that the Lord is with you, even in your darkest places. It's been said already that this is really maybe the most well-known passage in, in the Christian Bible, even outside of Christendom. You hear the words of this psalm quoted, especially as someone is nearing the end of life or has reached the end of, of this life. For the Christian, this psalm is hope for a weary soul. It's a comfort in pain. It's a friend in loneliness. And again, you've heard already in the series how the Lord as a gracious shepherd leads us on right paths, and we continue with that, with that imagery today, walking further along that path, and today we're in verse 4. And we're reminded that, that we gather here today from different places, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, we're all coming from different places. Some of you might have walked in from the top of the mountain, overjoyed with all the things that the Lord is doing in your life. Some of you might have come from a deep valley, wondering how much more you can take. Probably most of us come from somewhere in between. And so my hope today is that our reflection on verse 4 of this psalm will be an encouragement to you now and that you'll store it in some sense uh, to be an encouragement to you later. So we'll read the psalm together, and as is our tradition, we'll, we'll read a passage from the New Testament as well. And that passage today will be from uh, 1 Peter. So first, Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
And then today's verse, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And from verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now from 1 Peter chapter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, your word is uh, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, and it's especially true, Lord, in in dark places. Um, So God, would you shed light on your word today? Would you change our hearts um, by the power of your Spirit to know your presence with us, your light-giving and life-giving presence with us in our darkest valleys? Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Outside the, uh, the town where I grew up, there was a cave called Pitt's Cave. It was really a little group of connected caves along the Chickasahay River. And my friends and I loved to take the uninitiated to Pitt's Cave. Now, the topography of the land where Pitt's Cave sits is, is pretty flat. Um, so it's not like a cave in the, in the side of the mountain. It's all under flat earth, and you enter it by walking into a natural drainage area in the woods. And so on Pitt's farm, you run across a couple of fields and you run into the woods and then you come to this big hole in the ground and you walk down into that hole. And then in front of you is a wall. Above you is earth. And in that wall, there are three holes, one to the left, one kind of in the center, and one to the right. And those three holes are caves. And the one to the left doesn't go all that far. The one in the middle uh, circles eventually back around to the one on the right, but, but because it's hard to go that direction, 
you generally go into the one on the right and come out through the middle. And the hole on the right is just big enough for a human to fit into. And once you go into that hole, it gets dark. I mean, really dark. And you walk through mud that's like peanut butter. And you crawl through this mud. And you do have a flashlight. In those days, we, we, we didn't have headlamps. We had, I mean, I'm going to make myself sound really old. We didn't use headlamps. We, uh, we had just the little cheap plastic, like, ever-ready flashlights, you know. Um, and so we're crawling through peanut butter mud with these, with these flashlights. And you, you scale some walls and you slide down other walls. And, and, uh, and there's this T-section that's sort of the walls are like this. And you put your feet on one wall and, and your rear end on the other wall because the, the bottom is too narrow to walk through. And you're hunched over because the ceiling's right here. And you just kind of crab walk all the way through that section until you drop down a wall into a big room they call the rain room because water's dropping off the ceiling. And once you get to the rain room, you realize you can't go back the way you came because you can't get up those walls again. And you realize how powerless you are. And it's the darkest dark. And it can be really scary if you've never been there before. And then once you leave the rain room, you get back down on hands and knees. The rain room's about half, halfway. They say the cave's like a quarter mile long, but it, but it feels like forever. Once you crawl out of the rain room, the ceiling's about this high and you're on your hands and knees. And guess what lives between the midway point and the end? Anyone? Bats! Bats! You're crawling on your hands and knees, and there are thousands of bats. Now, most of them are no bigger than a mouse, not much bigger than a mouse, but there are thousands of them. And they're flying around, and their wingtips are like touching your hair and your ears. And you just got to push through and get out. And once you reach the end, you're back in the daylight. You run across the field. You jump into the creek to wash all the bat mud off of you. And you, and you go home. And it was a great day. <laughs> Sounds like fun, right? I thought about that cave as I read verse 4. It was a reminder of the, of the dark valleys that we often walk through in this life. And how, but for the shepherd's faithful presence with us, we walk through those valleys in fear. I want, to, uh, I want to begin, as we normally would, with an explanation of the words that the psalmist uses in this section and how they relate to the rest of the psalm, and then we'll consider the promise here. So like me, you've, you've probably heard several uh, interpretations of the words, valley of the shadow of death. These words are often read, again, at the close of, of a life, when we seek reassurance that our loved one is now safe on the other side, and that we too will be safe when our time to face death's dark shadow comes. But I think, though, that referring only to death here might be too narrow a focus. There are many valleys in life with death 
being the final one, but I don't think that we need to limit the valley in this psalm to only death. To fit the flow of the psalm, the right paths through which the shepherd leads his sheep might be better read as the valley of darkness and danger. See, here the the theme is the shepherd's presence with provision for and protection of his sheep. And this valley is the place where sheep would no doubt be most fearful. See, sometimes in order to reach new valleys, new, I'm sorry, new pastures, the Lord walks us through dark valleys. Now, one thing to, to note here quickly is that um, David changes the direction of, of his voice. He begins the psalm talking, talking about the shepherd. In verse 4, he shifts his voice to the shepherd. So he's talking, talking to the shepherd um, in this verse. Um, and it might be that, that this happens because in the previous verses, the shepherd was, was leading. He was walking ahead and, and, and leading the sheep. And now, because of the potential of danger and darkness, the shepherd is right, right there with him, present with him, right, right next to him. So the movement um, of the psalm to this point is this. The shepherd leads his sheep to green pastures and still waters. He leads his sheep on right paths, and sometimes those right paths lead through dark valleys where he walks with his sheep. So, so here are the images. There's, there's a dark valley, and, there, and there's evil, and the image, again, is of a shepherd leading his flock uh, to a distant pasture, and to get there, he must walk through a dark valley where danger lurks, predators hide, and wait. Even, even the path itself is treacherous. There's a danger of sheep being injured or killed, so the shepherd is alert and wise in how he leads. And then the other image is, is the image of the rod and the staff. The shepherd carries with him implements, tools, um, to remind the sheep that he's, he's present with them, to protect them, to comfort them, and also, also to keep them in line. The rod is a short stick, maybe like a club, um, that's used to, to defend against uh, attackers. And the, the staff is the shepherd's crook, used as both a, a walking stick and a rescue tool and, and maybe a stick of, of discipline, bringing, bringing everyone uh, back on the right path. And the hook on the end of that um, staff could be used to pull the sheep from danger if they happen to fall into... A crevice. And, and some say, no, the rod and the staff, they're not two different things. They're the same thing. The shepherd only has one implement. It's not important. The image is, is the same. The point is this. The greatest comfort for the sheep is the presence of their shepherd. The sheep know that the shepherd is their defense. So what does all this mean for you and me here today? Well, in a very real sense, following right paths sometimes takes us through dark valleys. And just like the Lord is present with us 
in green pastures. He is with us in dark valleys. There are times in this life when we hurt, we grieve. Sometimes we might fall into inexplicable depression, sadness. There are experiences in this life that no matter how strong and how wise we think we are, we need help. There are times when we come under attack from an enemy that wants to derail and destroy us. And oftentimes, those experiences generate fear in us. Church, hear me say this. Don't underestimate the value of the valley when it's the Lord that takes you there. Don't disregard what he might be doing in you, how he might be shaping you, and how real is his presence with you. Don't miss that. The first time we walk through a particular valley, we have no experience. Maybe we've never seen the mercies from the Lord that this valley holds, but we go through it and we learn that he's with us. And the next time we come to that valley, we might be fearful, but then we recognize it. And the Lord reminds us of his presence and the particular mercies that got us through it. And then the next time we come to it, we might go, I know this valley. This is where the Lord meets me. This is where he meets me in very particular ways. And as we gain experience in the valleys and remember that the Lord has always walked with us through them, we can know that he will safely lead us through the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And as we walk with others through these valleys and we see their fears, we can say, I've been here so many times. It looks scary, but the Lord will meet us there. Don't underestimate the value of the valley when it's the Lord that takes you there. We're, tempt we're tempted in our, in our sufferings to think that they are unique to us. No one understands no one has been through this particular trial, and it's especially hard. Valleys can be lonely places. The Lord will sometimes lead us into such a deep valley that we're left to wonder if anyone else is really with us. Your friends care about you, but they can't always walk into the deepest parts of the valley with you. I've walked with many of you through some of your valleys, and many of you have walked with me through some of mine, and there is a very real possibility that I failed you in the deepest parts of your struggle. You might have looked around and thought, what happened? Where'd you go? I thought you were with me. I think as long as we walk along the paths that God leads, 
There are certain aspects of our struggles that are designed to put us in a place of loneliness in regard to human companionship. When the herd reaches the crevice at the bottom of the valley, each has to cross individually. And it's there that you feel isolated. It's there that you see the Lord in ways that would be impossible to see him from the top of the mountain surrounded by friends. There is sometimes a necessary righteous loneliness that leaves a void that only the presence of the Lord can fill. Now, not every little struggle is is a valley. Not every setback or negative is a valley. Some struggles and, and setbacks are just part of life in a broken world. And you know as well as I do that this life is not all green pastures and still waters and then you die. But this life for the Christian is often lived in the dark valleys of the shadow of death. And for some of us, we will do anything to keep from going into that valley. We have mapped out detours and escape roads in our minds and in our lives. Whatever it takes, I'm not going into that valley. But sometimes the greatest dangers that we face aren't from outside forces and evils, but from within ourselves. The heart of self-sufficiency And self-security poses as much danger to our souls as any outside temptation. The self-sufficient soul doesn't need the presence of the shepherd. The self-secure sheep unknowingly walks into dangers and darkness of all kinds. There is a danger in the valley of our own hearts that leads us away from right paths. And I want to be clear on on something while we're here. The Lord doesn't lead us into sin. Our sin is not a right path that the Lord leads us on. But when we're faced with the reality of our sin, and when we acknowledge it for what it is, by God's mercy, the Lord, the shepherd, searches us out. When we confess, he reaches to us. And he pulls us from the crevice that we've fallen into. And he leads us back on right paths. Now, he might say, it's good to stay in this valley for a time. Because it's here in this valley that you learn to trust me. It's here that you learn to depend on me. We'll stay here until the time is right to move toward green pastures and still waters again. And he might say this because it might just be that in that valley, God is deconstructing the version of you that you have been trying to build. For some of us, when the right path has led us to the valley. We want to plow through in confident self-reliance. It, it, it is what it is. I'll, I'll push through it. We're going to get to the other side. I'm going to make the best of it. A word of warning to you. Those of us who approach it this way are missing the point 
of the valley, and not just missing the point of the valley, but missing the sweetness of the valley. For others of us, when the, when the right path has led us to the valley, we cower in fear. A word of encouragement to you. You're there to know the steadfast love of God and the riches of his presence with you. You're there to learn to trust him. Joel mentioned this last week, and I want to reiterate the point. The longer, the longer you walk with the Lord, the sweeter the valleys become. It's there that he forms you and comforts you and shows you the beauty of his love for you. The Lord Jesus Christ, the author of the universe, is your shield and defender. What do you have to fear? What do we have to fear? I, I knew the Lord would do this. Um, I've known him long enough to know that when I was asked to preach this passage, the Lord would lead me through the valley uh, to get me here. I knew that he wouldn't say, listen, I, I want you to preach this, but just know that I'm going to guard you from any stresses, any worries. It's all going to be smooth. You don't have to worry about a thing. I've got you covered. You just go and preach it, and it's going to be fine. He didn't say that. And so he led me through the valley, but what he reminded me of every single day is this. I'm right here with you. You don't need to fear anything. Even, even last night and this morning, as sort of the weight of responsibility of, of preaching God's Word to you was kind of settling on, on my shoulders, and I'm, I'm feeling that, Michelle, my wife, who loves me more than anyone, just she wants to help. She wants, she wants to give me some kind of relief. But there are certain valleys we have to go into alone, and we have to go alone because we're there to meet with the Lord. I tell you this so that you can hear firsthand that what he says is true. Every day it's been true, and every day it will be true. There are valleys that you all walk through at times. We all do. And sometimes it's hard to see the shepherd in that darkness. That's one of the things that, that we under-shepherds, we, we elders do. Elders are really just sheep that help other sheep see the shepherd. That's, that's really what, what we're called to do. We do that among one another, and we do that with you as the Lord enables us. So I want to encourage you with something. Maybe, maybe you've been 
in those valleys and wolves have attacked, and you're wounded, you're injured, and it might be hard for you to see how the Lord is with you in your circumstances. It's okay to be honest about that. The Psalms are full of honesty in circumstances. But I want to tell you that the Lord has not failed you. The paths that he has led you on have a purpose. Don't underestimate their value. One day you'll see it. One day we'll all see. So I want to close by, by reading another familiar passage. This is, this is from John chapter 10. This is the promise from our Lord. This is Jesus. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, you and me, may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. The hope that we have in Jesus is all the hope that we need. The Lord knows you. The Lord loves you. And he is with you. Let's pray. Lord, what... uh, What a comfort to know that in our darkest places, we don't have to fear. In our darkest places, Lord, that we feel so alone, you're with us. And so God, I pray that when you take us into the valley, that by your mercy you would open our eyes amidst the darkness to see you and to know you and walk us safely through, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.